Lord, we love you today. We celebrate you because you are great. You are amazing. It's, in fact, we are awestruck at the mighty God that you are. So God, we approach these moments that are sanctified and set aside for preaching because you are wonderful. So God, I confess a fresh my dire need for you. I'm begging for you, oh God, to pour fresh oil on my head. Give me clarity of thought and precision of speech. Help me to say those things that you would have us to know. Use me as an instrument in the hollow of your hand. God, I pray that you would give your people listening ears, receptive hearts, and most of all, responsive lives, so that we can be better when we leave than when we were when we first came. Father, we rebuke right now any potential distraction, anything that would seek to take our focus off of you. And we say, as Jesus said at the tomb of Lazarus, loose the bands and let us go. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. Honor and power, he is wonderful. going to start a three to four week journey in the gospel of Mark starting at the fourth verse or the fourth chapter, the 35th verse. And if you know anything about me preaching, I often say, I wish I had time. And so I'm taking this small portion or pericope of scripture, just a few verses. And while I will read the entirety of the few verses each week, I'm going to take one or two verses of that story, that pericope, and we're going to preach them all the way. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. I'm tired of saying I wish I had time. I'm just going to make some time. Amen. 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 Mark, the fourth chapter, starting at the 35th verse. Mark 4, verse 35. And we found these for recorded there. And I'm reading the ESV. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind to the sea, peace, be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said one to another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? King James Version says, what manner of man is this? Today I want to deal with just verse 35. I'll lift it again. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Would you just nudge your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, we can't stay here. We can't stay here. We can't stay here. Verse 35. And I'm going to tag this, this sermonic series, storm-forged faith. Storm-forged faith. The first dimension of storm-forged faith is understanding that we can't 
stay here. The pastor of Willow Creek Community Church and leadership guru, Bill Hybels, is often quoted saying, leadership is simply the art of moving people from here to there. Hybels says that for 20 years of his life in ministry, he made the mistake of passionately presenting to people the virtues and the praiseworthy characteristics of there. In an effort to move people from here to there, Heibels would argue, he says, for the surpassing worth, the great value of there, only to find resistance, reticence, and sometimes outright opposition. Because we like here. We're comfortable here, and we know where everything is here. Heibel says he learned the lesson that before you can move anyone from here to there, you must first create what he calls an airtight case against here. Here is the familiar place. The difficulty of leaving here is that here is a place of accomplishment. We know what happens here, the predictability, the reliability, the dependability of life here makes here for us an addictive reality. And yet, here Jesus invades our comfortability. He invades our satiated senses, our satisfaction, and says, you cannot stay here. It's a place of accomplishment. And the air tight case against here as expressed in this story is that some lessons are learned on the journey from here to there. Because it's not simply about here versus there. It is about the process of moving from here to there that reveals to me a greater dimension of the understanding of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if I stay here, I won't know God in a way that God intends to reveal God's self to me because here does not allow me to encounter the necessary storm I'm going to have to go through on my way to there. In other words, here cannot be the perpetual will of God because there are some aspects and dimensions of the nature of God that cannot be revealed in serene surroundings. But rather, there are some aspects of the character and the nature of God that can only be revealed in crisis and in controversy. And it is necessary then for you to take the journey from here to there because it's not just about here versus there. It's about what it's going to take to get me from here to there and what I've got to go through to get from here to there. And the tears you're going to cry leaving here and going there and the pain you have to feel between here and there and the money you're going to have to spend between here and there and the relationships that are going to fall apart between here and there the diamonds you're going to have to deal with between here and there and the stabs in the back you're going to have to take while you're transitioning between here and there, that's going to reveal to you an aspect of God you would not know. And so here is a place of accomplishment, and there. 
want you to hear me good because your desire to go from here to there should always be divinely instructed. On that day, when evening had come, he, Jesus, said, let us go across to the other side. Um, the here-ness and there-ness of the journey is between, or within between, is Jesus' idea. Jesus said, let us go across. And, and see, we know here by experience, but we only know there by revelation. So, so that he creates in me a restlessness in my restful places and a comfortability in my familiar surroundings. He creates for me the inability to be satisfied with what I should be satisfied with because every time I try to lie down and get comfortable here, I feel the divine prick telling me, no, no, baby, you've got to get up and go there. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but there's somebody here and people are telling you that you should take it easy and you should take a chill pill and you should just coast and you should just let things be as things are. Uh, but there's something on the inside of you that, that will not let you stay here because there's a word from God spoken over your life that says there's a there that I've got for you. And if you stay here, you're going to miss out on the journey and the benefit of the destination. So sometimes, sometimes I am restless in what I should rest in because there's a word that keeps bothering me. I, I keep getting this divine nudge that says, let's go there. So here's, so here's the thing. You, you, you know there by revelation. You got that? You, you know there by revelation. And, and by humanity, then struggles with the here-ness and the there-ness because as I'm leaving here on my way there, as long as things are calm, I'm cool. But, but here's what he didn't do. He didn't give me the details of the process of going from here to there because verse 37 says, a great windstorm arose. Please note in the text, it's sudden but it shouldn't be a surprise. The natural details of the Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Genesaret, are this. It, it's located in its low, in a low valley. It's about seven or eight nautical miles across and about 13 miles lengthwise, and it sits deep down in the valley where cold or warm air conditions collect in the valley on top of the sea. And then it's between mountains where cool air shoots down from the mountains and the mixture of the cool and the warmth as, as they meet creates an atmosphere for sudden storms. So it's the nature of where they are that at any moment a storm lasts. So it was sudden but it should not have been a surprise. Here's the struggle. The thing I can't figure out about us Church focus, and we've got all of this Bible that, that lets us know that in this life you shall have tribulations. The Bible says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Peter says, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial that has come to try you as though something strange, and yet we always act like God has tricked us. I'm saying that you're in a storm right now, but you should not. Be surprised. 
church. Learn how to thank him for the confirmation of the controversy because it means that you're right in the will of God. He doesn't tell us the process. It's certain, but it shouldn't be a surprise. And, and in fact, because of the nature of our spiritual life, we, we God, you and I, should always be in some way looking out for storms. It's been well said, and it's true that you're either on your way into a storm, now in the middle of the storm, or on your way out of a storm. Stop being surprised by the storm. Let me see if I can make it plainer. Stop, stop staying home from church because you have storms. Stop thinking that God doesn't love you because you have storms. Stop, stop getting in the corner, rolling up in a ball, putting your thumb in your mouth and saying, whoa, it's me because you got two or three storms. In this life, storms are an ever-present reality, and it may not be blowing wind right now, but if you keep on rowing in the direction that God is trying to take you in at some point or another or life sea of spirituality, you will have a storm. So let me press my claim further by saying to these unexpected interruptions, if you're still being surprised by the storm, they can dampen your enthusiasm for the next assignment. Temptation we face when the storm shows up is to retreat to the familiar rather than roll to the assignment. The struggle is when the storm shows up, do I want to go back to what I know, or do I roll on to see what's next and here by revelation? Because you cannot have what's now and what's next at the same time. Can you go home with that word in your pocket today that you cannot have what's now and what's next at the same time? And, and so you have to overcome the temptation to retreat to the familiar. Familiar faces, familiar friends, familiar numbers, familiar ministry, familiar what is in the past cannot be powerful. Familiar relationships, there, there's no potential in the past. And so you've got to go forward despite life's storms because God is never going to bless you backwards. Not going to bless you backwards. This is the struggle the children of Israel had when they left Egypt and they were on their way to the promised land. You remember they got into some trouble where there was no food and there was no water and they didn't know what they were going to do to make it. And they said to Moses, would that we were back in Egypt. And listen, if everything was so good back where they were, then why did they get into the boat and roll out in the first place? Must have been something deep down on the inside of you to make you start on the journey. Here it is in the text. Jesus says, let's go across to the other side. Get the boat. They row. They get out there and the storm shows up. They, they're talking on the water and then they wake Jesus up and say, don't you care that we're dying? And here's the thing about going there. Even though you've got some certain storms and some unexpected obstacles on the journey to there, here's the divine revelation. You will get there. You'll get there. Somebody should have given God some praise right there because when you're in the middle of the sea struggling through your storm, 
get there. Wait a minute, he assures us of inevitable arrivals despite insurmountable obstacles. So the storm then is not a hindrance, it's a lesson. Because Jesus doesn't waste words, you ready? Let us go across to the other side. Did you miss it? Let's try it again. Let us go across to the other side. So, so it really doesn't matter what happens between this side and that side. What happens between my here and my there. It doesn't matter what I've got to face or what I've got to fight or what kind of storm or what kind of wind or what kind of rain or what kind of lightning or what kind of thunder or what kind of wave. It really doesn't matter because when Jesus said there is another side and we are going to go across to it, it means that I am inevitably going to arrive at the place that Jesus called me to go. Let us go across to the other side. This is a directive. It is an order. It's a command. Let us go over. It's, it's a call of God. It's the purpose of God revealed in our lives. After this season of teaching and ministry on this side, now let us go across to the other side. It's a directive, a command. It's an order. But let me give you some good news because and couched within the directive, snuggled intrinsically tied inseparably linked to the directive for purpose is a promise of protection. No ifs, no maybes. When he says, let's go, he says, over to the other side, it assures me that, that whatever happens between this side and that side won't stop me from getting to that side. Let us go across to the other side. I, I don't want to tell you that Jesus doesn't board sinking ships, does he? He, he? he doesn't get on ships that are going under. Here it is. Jesus not only doesn't board sinking ships, but listen, you, you cannot be stopped by any storm when you are moving under the momentum of a divine mandate. Can't be stopped by a storm when you are moving under the momentum of a divine mandate. God's ordination is a promise of preservation, and if he called you to it, it means he'll keep you in it. Gotta get out of here, but, but, but if you would just help me close this small sermon, because if you would tell somebody, I'm not gonna die this time in the storm. I, I, I'm not gonna sink this time in the storm. I'm not gonna drown in this storm. I'm not gonna take water into my lungs and suffocate in this storm. God said, He's got some stuff for me to do yet. I've got some assignments. I've got to finish just yet, and because He's not through with me, the storm. Can't stop me. Is that anybody's testimony here? God ain't through with me, so the storm can't stop me. I don't know what kind of storm you're in. I don't know what kind of trouble you're having. I don't know what kind of pain you're feeling this morning. I don't know what kind of questions you have yet to be answered this morning. But I've got good news for you. That if the Lord has shown you a place called there, you can't die until you get there. Yeah. 
Sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day. I wish I had a witness here. Is there anybody who can t- 